I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 190 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a very special guest to bring you guys today. You may or may not be aware of his story, but if you listen to my interview with Jordan Palmer back on episode 178, then you heard him talking about Eric Reese and the Jesse Reese Foundation. Jesse battled two brain tumors, which took her life back on January 5th, 2012, at the age of 12, and I cannot even begin to imagine the pain and sorrow that comes along with losing a child, and it makes most of my worries and concerns seem so minute. Jesse's father, Eric Reese, will be here here in just a few minutes to tell us more about the incredibly inspiring legacy his daughter has left behind. And I touched on this a bit yesterday with my interview with Drew Manning, but we have been taught to chase an illusion since birth. We have been conditioned to believe that once we have big money, our lives are somehow going to be complete. Now, I understand that money is necessary, and I have interviewed quite a few guests on the podcast here that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, including Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, David Meltzer, Bedros Koulian, and those guys are continuing to grind it out every day. And if you go back to listen to my interviews with these guys, you will find out that it was truly experience of fatherhood that they have gotten the most joy and fulfillment out of life and right behind that is their service to other people and that is what true wealth looks like how many people can you serve how many people can you help along the journey and jesse reese who was hit with a diagnosis of a terminal illness chose to find a way to serve other people now she didn't leave behind a fortune in the way of money but what she left behind was far more valuable than money she left behind hope joy inspiration and above all love so before i jump into this interview i just want to let you guys know that there is a link in the description of this podcast episode that will take you directly to the jesse reese foundation uh, if you want to find out more about jesse and her story or the foundation nigu which stands for never ever give up just tap the link and find out more about it and please share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood and in your contact list and you may want to keep the kleenex handy for this one because it gets pretty deep all right so right now i'm going to jump into the action here with first class father eric reese I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. Upon losing his daughter, Jesse, to brain cancer in 2012, he formed the Jesse Reese Foundation to ensure that children fighting cancer have the support and resources they need to never, ever give up. He detailed this message in his book, Never, Ever Give Up, the inspiring story of Jesse and her joy jars. It is an honor for me to say, Eric Reese, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much, uh, Alec, for having me on. Okay, let's start here. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? Well, um, my wife and I have been blessed with three kids. Um, two are here on earth, and one is in heaven, and I can explain that in a minute. But uh, our oldest is actually 22 years old. Um, our middle child, her name is Jessie. She's the one that's in heaven. She would be 20 right now. She uh, lost her fight to cancer when she was 12. And then our son, JT, is 17. 
Wow, okay, yeah, we have four. My oldest just became a teenager over the weekend, so we are right in the thick of it here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, no, we uh, we, we uh, started out man-to-man, and then we decided to have a third and had to play zone. <laughs> all right, what type of uh, sports or activities were you all into growing up? Uh, swimming. They, my, uh, my wife, uh, their mother was an all-American uh, swimmer, and so they all um, swam. My son still swims in, in high school and for club. But that was their sport of choice. Um, you know, we gave them options. They tried AYSO soccer. They tried um, a couple other different things, basketball and stuff. But they really, really enjoyed um, swimming. And they um, all have excelled to a level that they've set their goals to. Very cool. All right, Eric, please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, um, right now I am the... CEO of what's called the Jesse Reese Foundation. We are a global cancer charity located in Orange County, California, and we help um, kids, super sibs, and parents that are impacted by childhood cancer never, ever give up. Um, It was started actually by my daughter, Jesse, when she was fighting cancer. She had this burden for kids that couldn't leave the hospital, and so she came up with these things called joy jars and um, she actually made over 3,000 of them during her 10-month and two-day fight with her uh, inoperable and incurable brain tumor. And since that time, um, fast forward now, we've been able to stuff and send over 265,000 joy jars to kids fighting cancer in all 50 states and 41 countries. Uh, unfortunately, 300,000 children are diagnosed with cancer every year. So uh, Jesse's wish was to encourage every one of them to never, ever give up. And so we have all kinds of strategies and different things, but we don't focus on the cure. We focus on care. We can't wait for the cure people to put us out of business. That'd be a great day. Um, <clears throat> prior to Jesse getting diagnosed, I was a pastor at Saddleback Church here in Orange County, California for 18 years. Yeah, wow. And Jesse's story is so incredibly inspiring, Eric. And because of her, so many children and their parents have been touched with joy all over the world here. And when did you guys first become aware of Jesse's condition and what was your reaction to it? Um, well, she started to complain of just some headaches and um, kind of a double vision, blurred vision. And so we took her to her eye doctor and he ran some tests and said, you know, um, maybe she just needs some special glasses. Um, but why don't uh, you guys get an MRI just to try to rule out things? And, you know, obviously back then we were thinking, yeah, let's get an MRI. What what are we going to find? Unfortunately, they found um, a tumor in her brain stem, um, and about 300 kids a year get this type of, it's very, very rare, but it's this one that's uh, inoperable and incurable. And so um, it was obviously the most devastating news that uh, my wife and I have ever heard that being told that our child has cancer and we got 12 to 18 months with her. Dear Lord, yeah, God bless you and your family, Eric. I couldn't possibly even begin to imagine uh, what it was like for you and your family. And it really puts a lot of things in perspective for me. So many of the things that I stress over in my life, they are so trivial in comparison to what uh, you have faced. Uh, what were some of the difficulties, Eric, of parenting your other children while focusing on Jesse's situation and then her eventual passing? Well, uh, unfortunately, I mean, our other kids kind of fell to the wayside. I mean, obviously, we did our best to keep everything as normal as possible. Um, You know, we did our our best to try to uh, let them know that Jesse had a very, very tough battle. Um, We obviously believe that there is a higher power that could have healed her, so our focus was just praying for a miracle. 
Um, we never got that miracle. Um, but, you know, uh, during Jesse's fight, it was just trying as parents to be as um, positive and focused and um, make everybody have the almost normal day they could um, and not having Jesse's treatment rob them of what's going on in their lives and stuff. So we tried our best to invest in them. After Jesse lost her fight, you know, then then there was a whole nother realm of how to deal with grief um, and how to walk your kids through grief. And, you know, um, there's no really uh, training that <laughs> you get for these kinds of things. And so you're just thrown into it. And um, But we just tried to, you know, our, our motto back then was ETD, embrace the day. Um, because yeah. we didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring, so we were just going to make the most out of today. I mean, one of my biggest regrets as a father was to tell Jesse just a minute. Um, you know, no matter if it was I had to respond to a phone call, no matter if I had to um, do an email. Um, unfortunately, um, I took my kids for granted and uh, didn't realize that because I, my number one goal in life growing up, I came from a very, very, very abusive alcoholic family where I didn't have the greatest dad. And so my number one goal in life was to be a great dad. And I believe my kids would say that I'm a great dad, but um, I also know that I took them for granted. And I um, said just a minute too many times to my to my kids, um, and that will forever haunt me because that was a selfish choice on my behalf. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I can't hit the rewind button. And so I have to just now make the most of the time that I have with my other two kids. Yeah, and Eric, there is no doubt you are a first-class father all the way. And I think because of the technology, we all struggle a bit with being present 100% as parents with our kids. I know it's a struggle for me. Um, but what was the genesis, Eric, of the Joy Jar? Do you remember the first one and, and who she made it for? It is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Eric Reese. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R. D-A-P-P dot com. Let's go, dads. There may be no greater experience than bringing your kids to the ball game. And right now, Major League Baseball is in full swing. And you can save $20 off your ticket prices by visiting SeatGeek.com or going to the SeatGeek app and applying my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word. First Class at the checkout, and First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to receive $20 off their ticket prices. This is good for Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, Broadway shows, whatever your interests are. Use the promo code First Class over at SeatGeek.com and save $20 off your ticket prices. SeatGeek.com, Fatherhood, the best seat in the house. Um, but what was the genesis, Eric, of the Joy Jar? Do you remember the first one and, and who she made it for? Um, so uh, she started actually with brown paper lunch bags, um, and she was writing, coloring on, like, get well, 
strong smile, different things. And then she was putting stickers on her bags and she wanted to put her beanie babies in those bags to deliver to the kids that couldn't leave the hospital. And so when I, my wife and I found out that she really, really wanted to do this, we had to check with the hospital and make sure it was okay. And they had certain rules. Um, things had to be new, you know, nothing sharp, no, no food, no lotions, nothing that somebody could choke on, you know, basic rules. Um, and then they said the bag wouldn't be good, um, so we had to come up with a different vehicle. And so Jesse's middle name was Joy, and so Joy and Jars just went perfect together and started Joy Jars. Um, and so uh, back then um, we would make them in what we called the Joy Factory, which was our garage. And, you know, my job was to put the labels on, and her job was to stuff them. And she had certain rules about how to make her jars and um like, for example, no cheesy toys, no air, meaning you had to pass the shake test. So, like, if you can stuff if you can stuff it so full and when you shake it you can't hear anything, then that's a great jar. If you can hear things move, then you can put more stuff in it. Um, the first one that she ever gave out was to a little boy. Um, his name was Christian. Um, and I remember it like yesterday. Um, and uh, she... Uh, would visit a, f a couple other other um, children's hospitals here in Southern California, and then she couldn't go back to school, and she loved to write. That was like one of the things she loved writing is English and writing and stuff. So she started a um, like a sharing her story in her uh, on a little basically a little blog um, on Facebook. And so when she started doing this, more and more people were starting to follow her story. And then CBS started to follow her story, and then, then by the time Jess had moved to heaven, she had, you know, helped send jars to 21 different um, children's hospitals. Now we work with uh, close to 300. Yeah, that is awesome, Eric. And what kind of advice do you have maybe for other parents out there who are just at the onset or the beginning stages of getting hit with some type of devastating diagnosis for their child? Uh, what can they expect? Well, every every situation's different. I, you know, I would say, you know, again, for, for, for me, you know, we obviously, you know, are, we, we held on to each other. We held on to our Jesse and we held on to our faith. Um, cause when you are being blown and the winds and the waves are rolling in and hitting you very, very hard, you got to have something to hold on to. Um, so, you know, I would encourage people to f find an anchor. Um, and also I would encourage people to feel, comfortable and confident in asking for help um you know we we work with a lot of families now and you know initially people don't want to ask for help because they feel like it's like a sign of weakness when it's like no let people you know carry the stretcher for you let people help so you know if, if people are getting bad news no matter if it's cancer or other things you know hopefully they're they're not alone hopefully they have a community around them and relationships around them that can help strengthen them and support them during during their difficult times um, but you know, I, I would hope no listener ever has to hear the words, your child has cancer. It's, it's not, it's not the greatest thing to go through. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, I, I know you said you were a pastor and, and I am a very faith-based person myself. And I have to say that, you know, I lost my parents in my early twenties before I became a father. And then just two years ago, my best friend and godfather of, of one of my sons committed suicide and, and my faith was completely rattled and shaken to the core. So how did this whole experience affect your faith? Did it bring you closer or further away from God? Well, I mean, uh, uh, during Jesse's fight, you know, I would plead, beg, bargain, do anything I could for a miracle because I believe that God can do miracles. Um, 
I've been in other countries and seen miracles, um, but I, you know, so I prayed faithfully and trusting that God would, you know, um, perform a miracle. Unfortunately, um, he chose heaven as a means of healing. And so after just moved to heaven, you know, yeah, you know, I got very, very mad at God. I yelled at God. I, you know, was very disappointed in his choices. But again, it's his will, not mine. And so, you know, there were seasons of uh, not having the strongest relationship because I was just upset and processing. Thankfully, some other brothers in my life um, that have been part of my accountability group um, have really kind of helped carry and helped pray for me when I didn't even feel like I wanted to pray anymore. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i so grateful that I have faith and had faith back then because, unfortunately, I work with a lot of uh, fathers um, that don't have a faith factor at all. And, uh, unfortunately, they're very, very uh, angry. Um, and I get the anger. Believe me, I, I get the anger. But, um, you know, having the hope of heaven... Um, is something that uh, I hold on to every day of my life. Very well said. And how about for my listeners, Eric, who would like to get involved and contribute or volunteer or do something to help out? Uh, where can you direct them to go and how can they help? Yeah, that'd be, that would be great. Um, just go to jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E dot org. Um, that's our website. And uh, there's all kinds of information um, to get involved, to help, um, no matter if it's here in Southern California or in any other part of the United States. Um, we work with... Um, uh, kids in hospitals all around all around the world. So uh, we're we're grateful for any support people would want to provide. But uh, yeah, jesse.org. Cool. I will have the link in the description of this podcast episode for my listeners to just tap the link and get involved. Uh, what kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future, Eric? Well, um, I mean, for the foundation, you know, we want to continue to figure out how to um, reach more children. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's a law called HIPAA that prevents us from getting access, so we have to continue to build these partnerships. And so we'll continue to build those partnerships, and we'll continue to, you know, go globally um, through partnerships to distribute the Joey Jars and reach the children. Um, I mean, I, my, you know, my life is very, very simple. I, when I, prior to all this stuff, I had, you know, very, very self, self-aspiring goals and dreams and you know, um, but uh, right now uh, my life is 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 pretty 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 simple. I uh, my mission is to you know serve God wholeheartedly, spread love to my family unconditionally, and spread joy globally. Um, and so that's what I do every day, and do to my best to do it. And so life is pretty simple for me. Incredible. All right, last thing I want to hit you with here, Eric. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? For that uh, about-to-be father, uh, love your bride like you've never done before because uh, what you're about to go into is something that you you can't be prepared for. You can think you prepared for it no matter how many classes you took. But uh, I think that fathers, new fathers, especially if it's the first child, one of the best blessings they can be is really, really, really um, be a support to their wives because their wives are going to carry the brunt of that first three to six months. Um, and I think that that's just really, really important. Great advice. I love the message. Uh, this has been a real honor for me. You are a first-class father, and I got to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Okay, I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Eric Reese for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so inspiring. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to have CrossFit phenomenon Jason Kalipa. And Friday, we're going to close out the week with a bang here and get you ready for this year's Kentucky Derby. World-class jockey Jose Ortiz will be stopping by. He will be aboard Tacitus. They just did the draw yesterday for the Kentucky Derby, and his horse will be number eight in the run for the Roses this year. So locking it the first class fatherhood here. And please tell every father in your neighborhood and in your contact list about the show here. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a